Hey, listener, did you know you can get paid to podcast? With ACAST Plus, you can launch paid subscriptions and one-time payments to turn listeners into paying fans. You can offer exclusive content, early access, ad-free streams, and much more, which listeners can access from their favorite podcast apps. And we have all the tools you need to promote them. If you're interested in ACAST Plus, sign up to ACAST now for free at ACAST.com to get access. You're listening to Pop, the History Makers, with me, Steve Blame. Welcome to the second part of this interview with Wolfgang Fluer. Continuing on from the last part of the podcast, the ex-Kraftwerkman talks about an important meeting with Florian Schneider and more on his latest album, including some of his collaborations. Here he continues on the subject of his singing voice. But sometimes we do uh, um, uh, we, we do an octave deeper or an octave higher on my voice, you know, the same uh, voice we can record and that has to, to refresh it a little bit. So there are some tricks inside that at least um, people can, can, can relish it a bit. I mean, it is a sort of reinvention of you as well, because I presume you sang in your early bands. You were yes. also singing. <laughs> and this time, you know, on tracks like Electric Sheep that you hear um, your voice coming through um, and this reinvention. And I sort of I can really understand that because when I lost my job, which was effectively losing my career back at my Viva time in the mid 90s, I went through the wilderness for about 10 years. Your wilderness was also quite a long um, period, wasn't it? How important was that period? to your development? Because when I look back at that period, I see it as the actual fundament of what I can do today. And it changed me massively. So how do you see that 10 years? Yeah, these 10 years were uh, absolutely uh, important to me. I could have done like Carl, my other very, very nice colleague from Kraftwerk. He left Kraftwerk a year after me and he was um, making also his own music with um, electric music, that was his band's name. And um, he did many songs in the Kraftwerk style because he thought he must uh, do absolutely Kraftwerk music because he thought that they don't do them. So I have to do. And he wanted to, to do the better Kraftwerk songs than anyone else, you know. And you can't speak Frankom. My wife wants to see you. Oh, lovely. Hi. 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 Nice to meet you. <laughs> I, spoke with, I spoke with her about you and that you were my first interviewer. Uh, I, All right. I, I don't know uh, who is she. Yeah. Who are you? Who I am. I, uh, yeah, you know In me. In my life. <laughs> yeah. Your wife doesn't know he's, you, yeah. He's funny. He's always kidding and funny, making jokes on Sometimes me. Sometimes the fans... Uh, want from me uh, on gigs come to backstage with me I say I don't know who is it I'm here from stuff I don't know <laughs> I really <laughs> films all my shows with the big camera you know she is a very good filmer so she travels <laughs> with me on my shows and films yeah oh fantastic that's fantastic well it's <laughs> lovely to see you <laughs> oh, that's really great um no going back to let's go back to electric sheep yeah, because we, yeah 
yeah. ten years were very important to me because um, I, I saw me not able to make music then because I was not, I did not feel like a, a musician who produces music. I was a drummer then, as you remember. And to find my musicality, I needed a long, long distance from Kraftwerk. So what did I have to do? I must, uh, I had to do, I had to uh, earn money for my rent, you know, and for my eat. And so I made furniture design in these 10 years. So uh, everything what I learned before was helping me. So um, um, when, when I was studying interior design and I had my apprenticeship as a carpet maker and anything was helping for me. And I was again, happy with that. With two other guys, we made the GAF, GRF studio, and we had very, very good offers for furniture design for rich Dusseldorf people. We have a lot of rich uh, living in, in our town, in our city, from uh, lawyers, from doctors, and from photographers. And uh, we made very, very elegant uh, Bauhaus style furniture for them. So I thought, this is my future now. I did not think on music. Maybe this was good, that I came far away from music, you know. But sometimes Florian stepped in. He was the only one to visit me sometimes because he liked me much and I him. So it was always a bit making me sad, thinking about the old times. And he was always promising, Wolfgang, we will make a new tour. We will record new, new music. I promise you, then you come back. It did not happen, but um, I, I also said to him, I think, I think I would not do it again. And I'm finished with this, you know, because they anyway did not need a drama anymore. And just uh, to push some little knobs on, 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 a, on, on a switchboard for programmed music, sequenced drums, uh, that was not my style to go with them on stage. I need drums, you know, the electric drums. Anyway, um, these 10 years until 90s, 93, when I started with this uh, new song, um, was very important to me that I kept away from the from the from this virus Kraftwerk in me to get it out. Like I had taken antibiotica to get this virus out. You know, it needed time uh, to get uh, to get new 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 healing from an illness, which was in the end I felt ill because in everything ended so bad for me, you know, and also for them. The feeling between us four was really no more good, long time. After 81, which is, was the peak of Kraftwerk from my view, with the computer world, everything was rubbish. So the last album was done not really by heart. It was called Coffee and everything else was called Coffee because the others were only with the bicycles. They had new interests, new gears, new machines and new uh, interests of techniques and so, but, but that was not my thing and also not Carl's. So um, I was visiting Carl in, in this time pretty often in his own studio at Stockholmstrasse. And um, when he produced with Lothar Manteuffel his first tracks on, uh, but I always spoke with him. I said, it's, it's like you were in Kraftwerk, you know? And he said, yeah. Yeah, I, I want I want to continue that because they don't do, and maybe maybe the, I, I would not rate this, but maybe that was not not the right idea because as long as Kraftwerk are still alive and bringing their shows, there must not be someone else to bring Kraftwerk music, even if he was very important to them. And I must repeat again and again how important Karl was in the last albums since. Um, 
the man machine, I think, his writing, his writing sessions, which he de describes in his own books, were so important to them that without him, there were only less albums, maybe the half of them. So good because Carl was so involved, you know. I mean, you say that uh, in that period, one thing that really was paramount was not to repeat craft work, but there are nods to craft work in, in your work, obviously. So you're not sort of denying that part of, of your life. And if you look at Night Drive, you <laughs> I have this. read that. I have he read that. Absolutely the same. And I, he starts with that already. You cannot get cuff back out of his head. I was a, I was a bit, I was a bit um, against that. But if they start with that, you know, I can remember with my first album, Time Park, there was a Tim Barr. He was the editor of Future Music then in 1979. He came to Dusseldorf Extra and made a two-day uh, interview with me. And his article in, in the sound, uh, in, in the future uh, music, started with this word. And does it sound like Kraftwerk? So this is always wanted, always the journalists ask me hope that they get a little spread of something, give me a little craft back, you know. And um, I cannot say that I plan this in my music, uh, which is in my, in my uh, personality, in, in, in my veins, is the melodies. And that was, as we already described already before, from my mother's side, you know, this musicality. But I had to invent that. I had to see that first um, after Kraftwerk. It's crazy. So, so tell me about Night Drive then, the track on the album. Yeah, that was a very um, difficult thing to, to go into this. Uh, it was also a little soundtrack in, with maps as a, as a, as a music music. Um, it's a, it's a music uh, project from, from a friend of Peter. And Max Wheeler is the guy, and he made a big interview with us in London when we played. Peter is always playing as a support to me on my shows. And we had, uh, I think it was, um, I was it, where was it, under the bridge or in another club? Or oh, no, we, we made, I think, uh, yeah, we played the Club 100, this old-fashioned uh, old club. And, um, in our hotel uh, um, restaurant on the next morning after the breakfast, Max Miller, he made a long uh, interview with us. It's already on YouTube also. And Peter said, he's a very good musician and he wanted to do something with you, if you would not mind. He said, send us something. And a little soundtrack, what he said, did not really touch me in the first moment. Um, I laid it beside, aside and we had uh, work on different things. A year later, maybe, it came up and he always asked me, um, would you mind to take it again? And do you have an idea? And then I had a little idea of, of one melody inside. It's a bit spooky because, I mean, this, this theme, um, his theme was 4am. Um, With 4am, I have nothing to do. Normally, normally, I sleep then. And, but there is a nice little story from, uh, from the singer inside. She's talking about uh, night drive. And I thought, okay, we, may, we call it night drive and I tell my own story 
about night drives or not night drives, but everyone is talking about any drive of a band of an artist to a place where they play. And I could uh, say, okay, then I'll tell something from my former band when we played the, in Paris the first time with, and we drove with a train to there with a TEE. And the Trans Europe is an, ex, ex, an example for me where, where I was in the best time with Kraftwerk because it's absolutely my favorite since all, all Kraftwerk albums. And I think I, I must remind the people a little bit on that. And then um, I spoke and I, I wrote my lyrics about this drive to Paris and um, yeah, it grew, but it, it took time. It took time and it changed different. It was a very, very uh, long time to work on that. It was difficult to get it into a shape like it is today. We put it aside so often and took it on. And then we had this very complicated uh, soundtrack inside. I thought, Peter, we must have something because it's it's became longer and longer and longer, and it's it's like a, a road movie, like a autobahn maybe. So we have to have a, a soundtrack inside with the train uh, running over the track, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, something which, which is hard, which is comes from steel, from the sounds outside with the juju -ju and anything. And he said, okay, I go with that. Give give me a week, and he produced this. Pretty alone, without me. I only give my words afterwards inside. And I said, wow, that's the so-called the so third level. I love third levels in tracks to go ahead in a completely different level and then later come back to the music into a chorus or to speak, to continue the story, you know. And this is a trick of me. Peter says, this is, this is something you really can do very well. We need always a third level in a song. And, and that it, the, 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 the string dance is not so boring, you know, just to repeating always the first and the chorus and the first and the chorus, and maybe we high in, uh, high in, in, in the end of some notes. And okay, this is the usual thing people do, but some can really produce very good third levels, which is, um, yeah, throwing you away into the atmosphere. And then you are landing back. <laughs> you must try to get into the song again. This is um, something, that's a very good description how we work together. Sometimes the tracks need very long time until they have the shape and no idea from the start how it ends. Everything happens by chance or given from above, you know? So we had so much signs from above to our music. Sometimes it was really crazy. And Peter had some ideas, the same ideas. Some We are like brothers. Peter says something, I said, exactly that wanted just I wanted to tell to you so we had millions of emails there and back and telephones zoom calls and we sent so many files musically files uh, big files there and back thanks God that we have this strong internet today otherwise we could not have worked especially not on the corona time where we could not visit each other I mean that track has these different perspectives going on which you sort of mentioned in these different layers and, and coming back. And you mentioned that Peter is like a brother, but brothers disagree and brothers fight. And in a creative atmosphere, that can be important. So oh, how yeah, do you we, deal we with that? Fight. We did fight often, yeah, of course. We were loud sometimes, but that's the good thing. Uh, we always were fine afterwards, but uh, um, at least uh, it, it works fine. 
he was one, uh, he was a person I did not know before. And in 2015, I had an invitation to Hepton Bridge Arts Festival. It's a small town. It's one of the loveliest English towns ever I saw. And uh, the, they have that famous club, the, the Trades Club. Many bands play there. A week before us, um, Heaven 17 played there. So you won't believe that this club is full, filled, it's filled, it's stuffed in the evening. When you come there in the afternoon, nobody is in the town. It's so small, you know, but the people know it in all the cities around, they come to the famous concerts. And in that very hot June, where we were invited to the arts festival, Peter was the one uh, to invite me via email. And he picked us up at uh, uh, Leeds Bradford Airport and uh, brought us with his private car to the White Lion Hotel. That's the only one they have there in Hepton Bridge. And in that one hour drive, we became brothers already. It's sometimes very, very, uh, it needs very short when the, the physicals are different, but the, 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 the heart and the head is alike. So we were joking from the very first moment. And when you look on the backside of my album, there is a photo from him and me. We are just coming out of the hotel where we put our luggage in and we take us on the shoulders and we are laughing at each other and we look like we, they know since years. And it was just one hour. You're listening to Pop, The History Makers, with me, Steve Blame. You said that all musicians are actors. What do you mean by that? By what? That all musicians are actors. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I see that. Maybe others not, but I see that everyone, uh, when he goes, when a musician goes on the stage, he plays a role. At least it has to do if he is a singer or he's any doing something else on the stage, plays a song, he is that song. And he's completely different, I think, when he goes back to the backstage or he gets home into his kitchen and cooks a meal, as I do, I love to cook, then I'm completely different. And as I am on the stage, when I am on the stage today, I am music solat. That's a very hard and strong thing to produce music. And it goes to all my veins and muscles. I'm moving and moving and music, I, I play, I play the music, I, I move my music. It's not just I put some knobs like DJs doing. I am the music. So and in Kraftwerk, I was not allowed. I was just, okay, that, that thing on stage, that was the only live thing. When we came to the, to the edge of the stage and we danced a little bit, you know, it was the thing what the people loved most. Today, they don't move anymore. There are statues, you know, and that would not be my thing, by the way. But um, artists that go on stage, they know they present something and the people want something to them. I know, for example, um, your, um, 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 the frontman of um, the groups, Jürgen Engler. Uh, I know when he's on the stage with his leather clothes and he's dressed as a strong steel man and he hammers um, with his uh, steel uh, symphony on, on and he's, a, he's, he's a hard stuff guy with all the others. It's so rock music, you know. And if you find him privately in the backstage, he's a very smart boy. He's, he's, he's like he's like mama boy a little bit, you know. He drinks milk. He does not drink alcohol. He has never had a cigarette. He's, 
others would say, he's not a real man, but he is, you know, but he's different, you know, but very, very, uh, he's so wonderful, smart, a smart boy, you know, but on the, on the stage, he's completely other. It's his role. It's also a defense mechanism, isn't it? It's also a way of keeping part of yourself private. Yeah. Is that important to you as well, to keep part of yourself private? Yes, of course. Absolute. Well, what does that mean? (laughs) Sorry to pry. You mean... um, Well, why is privacy important? Why is that? Why is holding something back important? Ach, my, I, could, I, I can move myself, I can do what I want, especially in Dusseldorf. I can go to the market. I'm, I'm not famous anyway. I, I don't feel famous. Also in Kraftwerk, I never feel what is fame. What feeling is this, you know? Um, it's different when I'm in, in England or in other countries. I'm acknowledged much more. I must much more often give signatures or so. That has to do uh, with England and their culture of uh, and, and their understanding of their musicians. They love their musicians much more than Germans. I think you know what I mean. And um, it is very good. On the other hand, when I live in Dusseldorf and I go shopping because I am the cook at home and I love that and I go to the market or to the shops, nobody knows me. I'm an average man. And I love this being an average man. Nobody disturbs me, you know. And um, it is different when I'm in England and especially in, in my shows, so many fans are waiting before the show are already outside with millions and tons of LBs, uh, albums and CDs and, and uh, posters to, to, to have them signed or afterwards at the merch table, the row becomes longer and longer. And sometimes the, the time I have to be there and sign the things is longer than my show. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's all, that's my role, you know. And I'm happy to be then later on with my friends in the hotel, back after party in the bar. I mean, this album, you've worked with so many other people on this album. Uh, Raymond Amesqua, uh, Mitch Ewer, Juan Atkins, uh, U96, you mentioned, Claudia Brooken mentioned, yeah. Peter Hook. I mean, there's a, a plethora, you know, of, of, of artists who are great names, very talented uh, in their own fields and all connected to you um, through this album. How fulfilling is it for you to know that all these artists are so easily prepared uh, to be part of your project or your and Peter's project, I should say? I must honestly say this was not the plan, So, but it happened. And that's what you say, I do not plan anything, it comes. It comes in that moment and I don't think and I don't uh, uh, overthink that if if that is a good chance or so. I mean, um, the best um, description I can give with Mitch Uhr. So I was invited from a Düsseldorf friend to a concert of Mitch Uhr, of former Ultrafox at the Savoy Theater. And I was very uh, astonished how many hits they played. So with, with his band, uh, Electronica, which are not an electronic band, by the way, but uh, it, the concert was brilliant. And we were invited by his uh, tour manager um, to, the after, uh, to, the, to the backstage afterwards. And we were immediately in a very good talk. So he's so down to earth. He's so friendly. And it was such a lovely talk. 
And um, yeah, I mean, we, we said goodbye after an hour or so. And, and he said, I'm in Dusseldorf again in the end of the year, Wolfgang. Would, would we meet again? I invite you to the Stahlwerk as the steel company. And we were, the, of course, did I go there? Because also the tiny magnetic pads they played there. Uh, the support, and I had already done with them a collaboration song for their album. And so we know, knew each other, and it might be, uh, could have been a nice party to see all of them back. And it was. The after party was two hours in their room, and uh, so many people and uh, personal friends from him, from Belgium, were there, and uh, Tiny Magnetic Pet, and my friend Carsten Sievert was in. And then uh, Mitch Orr came alongside to me and we, we went into a corner of that big room and had a glass of champagne. And he said, Wolfgang, should we not do something together? And I said, that's exactly I wanted to ask you. You were the first. And he said, I have already an idea, but I wouldn't tell now. I said, why not? Yeah, I, I, I must work a little bit fun. Give me some time. Okay, okay, okay. Wonderful, because I'm just in, in, in the recording of my new album, which shall be called Collaborators, and then you would be one of them. I said, it would be an honor to work with you. And I said, okay. And uh, it took some weeks, I think, or a month at least, uh, to have a draft from him on my computer. And I said, wow, what is this? It was called Das Beat. At a speed, my first thought as, um, was, it must it, it must be the der beat. In German, we have this article, der die das. And but I thought das beat. Maybe if it's wrong, he it tells it so nicely. It it sounds so charming, so so English wrong, but so good in German. Das beat. And I asked him why das beat, and he said, Yeah, it's in reminiscence to you, Wolfgang. You are the electric drummer, Wolfgang. We English uh, artists, we musicians. When we think on electronic drum, we, we think on you, it's you. That's reminiscent. So I write, wrote some lyrics and maybe you write anything else or go ahead with what I have done. So it was a wonderful melody and it was a special um, music behind him, pr pretty English, pr pretty British. And um, it was okay to me, but it was not electrifying me enough. I said it to Peter, I said, we must electrify it more in our style. And our idea, so my idea and uh, Mitch Boer's idea was that we do two versions. That was from the start, we had uh, um, agreed to that. Everyone does his own version for his album because he's also working on a new album. And um, I think it's already out, I'm not sure. So we started to electrify it and I wrote my lyrics and uh, sang it in my style, my, my way of the speech, what rhythm and uh, the, the, the daily structure has to be with us. The speech is always uh, organizing us and always dictating us. So it dictates our daily structure. That was the start of my idea. And so we make that duo singing. See, he sings, I sing, and I added some killer melodies on that. I call them killer melodies because they won't go out of your ears, you know. So um, uh, that's a talent I had to uh, uh, detect in myself. I did not know that before, that I have this talent for such melodies, which are in the tracks and also in the beat. So that came, everything came wonderful together. And that was a track. We needed the shortest time to get it finished. Two or three days, it was done.
You're listening to Pop, The History Makers, with me, Steve Blame. With the album, there's also a, a magazine, which in this magazine is, you know, obviously all the explanation and the background of the, of the tracks and the people that you work with. And you mentioned Florian earlier and how you met him um, a few times in the past, but there was obviously a, a, a period where you hadn't seen him and then you bumped into him, um, I believe it was in Dusseldorf. Um, yeah. How important was that meeting? And could you explain that meeting to me? Yeah, that was in 2016, I think, or 17, I think 16, I think. Uh, he was suddenly in a restaurant, on the Schumacher restaurant. This is a brewery, a very famous one, on uh, Oststrasse. And um, it was also a restaurant we used in, with Kraftwerk very often because our studio was uh, walkway uh, distance. And we had in the afternoon or in the evening, we had very often there uh, our meals and had an alt beer. And so very, very famous, very delicious. So um, I still love that. And sometimes I celebrate my, my birthday parties. It was one of that, that dates. And it was not my birthday, but another friend of mine had a birthday. And we sat with six people on a table. And uh, some of my friends uh, kicked up on my shoe under the, under the table and said, in your back, maybe, I think it's Florian sitting behind you at the next table with two ladies, a black lady and a white lady, young, beautiful girls. Maybe it's him. And I thought to myself, I haven't seen him so long now. What, how should I react? And I did not know. And I thought, I look a little bit up this, the ceiling and this wonderful architecture and the paintings to have a chance to have a little bit of my twinkle to see what's happening behind me. And it was Florian, I, I knew now it is him, exactly. And I did not know at the first moment how to react after so many years. And we had a little uh, quarrel about my book, but, but we, what I wrote and they didn't want to write me that you remember about this, this stupid thing we had. But now we were older and I had forgiven everything. And um, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was childish what, what they did and they didn't want to, uh, to write me a book about my life and my feelings. Anyway, everything was in the air and I wanted to have a, a, good, a good feeling now, a good, uh, a good level, a good statement. I did not know how to do. I drink another beer and, and, and a, little, uh, a little corn we had, you know. This is schnapps, Dusseldorf schnapps. And but it, we were in a, in already in a funny uh, level. And suddenly I had, I felt a hand on my shoulder and I looked up and said, Florian, I, I did very astonished. I, I can't believe that. Even if I knew that he was sitting behind, it was him to come to me. And I found that very, very nice. I stood up immediately and we were standing very close at each other, smiling. And I felt suddenly to take him in my arms, to embrace him. We never did that before when we were young. So we had to be old and wise men to do this. And he, 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 he liked it. I, I, could, I could feel that he liked it, but he was, I felt he was very thin, a little bit shivering. So he was not stable standing. I felt something is wrong with him. I did not see him so slender, you know, but it was anyway, it was nice. And then I leaned over with my, with my, with my mouth, mouth very near to his ear and said, uh, Florian, 
thank you for all these wonderful 15 years we had together. And he said, correct, Wolfgang, these were the best years. And then I said, I'm in a new, and I said, thank you for your wonderful song you did. I have heard it against the pollution in the ocean plastic. So uh, against plastic, so save the fish. I'm so happy that you're still making music and it's such a lovely song. I'm also doing new music. And he said, Wolfgang, this is also good that you make music. And I said, would you mind to make a collaboration? He said, we will do, we will do. So that was the last work we set together. And then we invited him with his both ladies to sit at our table and to celebrate with us, but they denied, they, they said no time. So it's your thing, but it's nice that you met you and we spoke some words together. That was very absolute important to me after all these years that it, at least with him, I had a nice conversation. I did not know that his dad was so near. That was really a shock to me. I mean, I found that that um, story, it's very beautiful. It's very sad, but it, it, there's also a positivity to it because the relationships we have in our lives sometimes don't close or end in, in a positive way. And right. here there is some form of small positive end yeah. to, to the relationship before he died, which yeah. I think was really lovely. Um, as I started uh, this interview, and I mentioned that I really believe this is a masterpiece, which I do, and I want to go back to what Borchardt uh, did with his art, as it were, and he, in a sense, got rid of the past to show the body of work that he wanted to be out there and to say, this is me, this is what I can really do, and this is my work. And that's what I felt really strongly from listening to this album, that this is the Wolfgang Fleur album from beginning to end. And it is that development that you've had over the years. And I'm not wiping away the past to any extent because all past is important, but this is the present and the current, and this is your masterpiece. And I really wanted to congratulate you for that. Thank you very much, sir. Where are you living at me, at least? I'm in Cologne, you know, I'm in the ah, Liverpool to Birmingham. Birmingham. <laughs> this, is, this is very near. I can come over for a cup of coffee in the, in, in the next time. So we speak a bit more and have some cakes and coffee. Yeah, and wonderful, wonderful. It was very nice talking to you again after such a long time, unbelievable. So nice that we got in contact again. Yeah, no, I think so as well. It's wonderful. So thank you, Wolfgang, and thank you thank really you. for your contribution to music. And thank your wife, who made a little appearance yes, <laughs> in this. It was wonderful. Okay, I will see you again. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. And that's it for the interview with Wolfgang Fleur. Look out for more interviews with Pops History Makers. Bye. You're listening to Pop, the History Makers, with me, Steve Blame.